1: Lucy Hickmott.
0: It's Wednesday the 24th of April coming up. Teenager with learning difficulties attacked during day out with friends.
1: It hit me in the eye, knocked me in the face, knocked me a couple around my ears.
0: New life ring welcomed by a daughter of dad who died trying to save his puppy. Had something like this been in place at that time, it could have been a, a completely different outcome. Former Gillingham coach reveals he didn't tell his wife he was going for a job in Bangalore.
2: She was fantastic with it and... We've both felt it was a good opportunity for me to, you know, work abroad, which I wanted to do and with a national team. Kent
0: Online News. A Kent teenager who has learning difficulties is recovering after being attacked during a day out with his friends over the Easter weekend. 18-year-old James Lane from Tankerton was kicked and punched during the unprovoked assault while he was in Whitstable on Sunday. The Canterbury College student and his sister Amy have been telling us exactly what happened and the impact it's had.
1: I went down to the Downs with my friends and we ended up minding our own business and the boys that came up to us, harassing us then they kicked my mate at the back threw dog poo at him and then one of them came up to me said I oh, will it not, I said no and then one of them pinned my ear I high reacted, pushed him away from me then it all kicked off they kicked me in the eye, knocked me in the face, knocked me a cup around my ears, and it would have been unfair in a way, but at the end of the day, I know i done nothing wrong to them, me my mates, I've done nothing wrong to them. But at end of the day, it's hyperbole so in a way, and it's been out of order on these people. It's really, really out of order on people like that and like me.
0: Usually, James is like outgoing. He's a joker, he's just a really funny person. And now, for me and my family, we are concerned about his next step in life, how he's going to be, how his confidence is going to be knocked, and how he's going to act, how he's going to be with his friends, if he's going to be worried about being in certain areas, areas that he grew up as well, and it's just not fair. And we just really want someone to come forward and just let us know if they know who these people are, just just say so we can just get it sorted and James can be at ease.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: It's emerged a man who lost his wife and two children in the Easter Sunday terror attacks in Sri Lanka was a University of Kent graduate. British lawyer Ben Nicholson was having breakfast with his family when a bomb went off at their hotel in the capital Colombo. It was later confirmed his wife Anita, son Alex and daughter Annabel all died in the blast. He's Released a statement saying he's deeply distressed. Mahin Kariwasam helped Ben look for his son in the aftermath of the attack. We went
1: up searching all the other hospitals in Colombo where the victims are taken and also back to Shangri-La, but we couldn't find him alive. So then we came back again to the mortuary. Uh, that was in the evening, around five, six o'clock in the evening and then we had the sad news that uh, Alex had passed away.
0: We've also found out today one of the bombers had previously studied in the UK. Nearly 360 people are known to have died and defence officials say nine suspects were involved in the attacks. Kent Online News A Dover woman whose dad died after jumping into the sea to rescue his dog has told Kent Online a new life ring is a good step towards making the area safer. 57-year-old Nick Warren was walking his Labrador puppy at Kingsdown in November 2015 when she went over the wall into the water. He tried to rescue her but couldn't get back to dry land. Now after years of campaigning new safety measures have been installed at the site. Nick's 34-year-old daughter Lisa Rogers says it could have saved her dad's life if it had been there three and a half years ago.
3: At the time when my dad had his accident they were tying dog leads together which then broke on the rocks, the rocks are very sharp, um, the weather was really bad, the, the waves were bashing against the rocks. Had something like this been in place at that time, it, it could have been a, a completely different outcome. Um, who would have been able to stay above the water, He wouldn't have been fighting against the, the tide um, and it would have given the the RLNI a little time to, to actually get out here. Um, so had that been here, especially as a mother, um, I think you know if one of my children had gone in just as my dad's dog had done, I would also have jumped in without a doubt and uh, I-, I would hope that there's something that somebody could throw me, but at the time there was
0: absolutely nothing, um, nothing anybody could do. Um, to to help. Lisa's been calling for something to be done to make the area safer ever since her dad's death and she told us how it felt to finally be listened to. I was told that the
3: possibility of a sign would be one of the best results we could get Um, but when I was told that the life ring was actually here um, I was a little bit overwhelmed because I do think this is a a good step towards making this area a lot safer um, for everybody.
2: What do you think about its positioning?
3: To be honest, it's a little bit far from where the dangerous spot actually is Um, but it is a step in the right direction, you can, if somebody was in danger, somebody could run over, grab it and take it to the area but that is still minutes um, and minutes, I mean every second counts when it's a drowning situation,
0: especially when it's a cold weather like like it was with my dad. Lisa says she's grateful action's been taken at Kingsdown and she hopes it will stop anyone else getting hurt. I
3: know that with installing something like that, there is the cost of maintenance, there is the liabilities attached to, to installing the, the buoyancy ring and, and having to look after it themselves, but I really, again, um, surely just that small cost of having something there to save people's lives is better than having dangerous area and deaths related to their uh, an area that they own. Um, so I think that making the area safe just in case an accident does happen
0: is more important than, than a few pounds that it would cost. She's still campaigning for big red danger signs to be put up in the area.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A former Kent MP and Strictly stars going to be a candidate for the Brexit party in next month's European elections. Anne Widdecombe, who used to represent Maidstone and The Weald, was the shadow Home Secretary and has been a Conservative for 55 years. She says she's standing for Nigel Farage's party because Theresa May's handling of Brexit has been hopelessly inadequate. A campaigner says memorial lanterns and balloons are still harming wildlife in Hearn Bay despite them being banned. Canterbury City Council, which covers the area, made it illegal to release them three years ago, following concerns about the damage they can cause. But Catherine Francis Yeats, who's organised the Bay Beach Clean, says she still sees dead seagulls tangled in them along the seafront. And Kent's first taco Bell is going to open next month. The American fast food chain's opening a branch at Chatham Dockside, which will be their 40th restaurant in the UK. It'll start serving on May the 15th.
1: Kent Online Sport.
0: On to football now, and former Welling and Gillingham coach Jamie Day's been speaking exclusively about the impact his current job has on his family. The 39-year-old dad of four was appointed head coach of the Bangladesh national team almost a year ago. My
2: friend is an age in Australia, and um, he messaged me to say that the Bangladesh national job is coming up. Would you be interested? So I sort of said, "Yeah, yeah, no worries, I'm more than happy to do it." I hadn't spoke to family or anything, and and wife, and uh, and then out of the blue, they said, "Can you go to London and meet the president?" And we had a chat for about an hour or so, and then they offered me the job. But obviously, I hadn't told my wife <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that this was maybe going to happen. So um, she was fantastic with it, and. We've both felt it was a good opportunity for me to, you know, work abroad, which I wanted to do, and with a national team. Yeah, so I guess those opportunities don't come <clears throat> around too often. What there's 211 teams that play international football. You know, to, to to manage a national team, you know, doesn't happen. You know, to to managers that have managed non-league and and the lower leagues in England. So, yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity, and um, you know, so far I'm glad that you know that I done it and took that risk to go out there and, and manage. You mentioned your wife is the biggest challenge of this job being away from the family? Yeah, I think it's difficult, you know, obviously I've got four children and spend 6 to 8 weeks, sometimes longer in in Bangladesh without seeing them, so um it's it is tough on me and it's tough on on more tough on my wife and children, you know, she has to look after them and and maintain, you know, making sure they're all right and, and the house and looking after everything. So um, she's been fantastic in, in that side of it, but it does you know, it does take its toll.
3: Give us an insight into what life is actually like for you over there, both in terms of the job, the football, but just your day-to-day.
2: Yeah, so obviously the, the job is like any national team job. I get the players when we have friendlies or a tournament, and it's slightly different in Bangladesh. If, if we have a game, then we'll have a training camp for two, three, maybe four weeks before that game or tournament, so that would be day-to-day training, you know, and um, looking after the players if there's no competition going on then I'll watch their league um, out there, which is based over three days, they play at the same ground and and I'll stay and watch them games and then, um, you know the rest of it is sitting in a hotel and and planning what we're going to do going on which which obviously can get a bit boring, so that's the difficult times as well when you're sitting in a hotel and um, you've not got much to do. So yeah, it's um it when when there's things on it's a fantastic job, you know, when you're involved in tournaments and you're playing against international managers and you and you're, you know, pitting your wits against them, it's, it's fantastic. And uh they're the good points that you have to take and keep you going while whilst you have the lows out there.
3: Can you paint a picture of the area where you're <coughs> based, where you live?
2: Yeah, so I I live in the uh, uh in the city centre which is Dhaka. Um very high populated place i think there's like 40 million people in that in that area and it's very busy very hectic lots of traffic the the most traffic I've, I've ever seen you know but they are very lovely people very nice people um can't do enough for me and and my staff and you know i've had uh lots of meetings and uh meals with people i've never met before but that's the type of people they are so um yeah it's it's a very very busy hectic place to be in
0: you can hear his full chat on the km football podcast that's it for now but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day
1: news you can trust this is the Kent Online podcast